It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio, right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? It is uh, episode 34. We have rolled our uh, highway all the way down to the dead zone, although... Eagles keeping a little, uh, putting in a little drama for us so we can talk a little bit as I uh, look across it is Mr. Brandon Lee Gouton hanging out with us today. What's happening, bud? Hey, I'm glad to be here. Uh, we, uh, you know, just taking some PEDs on this side with my big friend, uh, Lane Johnson, uh, a little bit of, uh, kind of a shocker, I guess. And, uh, a lot of people would like to point out that BLG is kind of the, uh, the new jinx in town as, yeah, yeah, he writes an article, says nobody gets in trouble, and then one hour later, bam! Lane Johnson might be getting hit with a four-game suspension. Uh, kind of odd uh, that this kind of happened, you know, out of nowhere, considering the smoothies, the science, all that other good stuff. Uh, your take on uh, what's happening with Lane Johnson, BLG? Well, first of all, you know, it, it is a real bummer because uh, Lane is obviously a player who's coming into his second year. He finished his rookie year. You know, where the Eagles took him number four overall in the draft. You know, he looked pretty good. He had his ups and downs. It uh, wasn't perfect by any means, but you really saw potential with him. And you figured, you know, this is the offseason where, you know, he, he he gets in the program and he really he starts to build his body more, which he has done. He's he's apparently up uh, to 317 from 310 last year. So he has bulked up. We do know that. And I noted at, uh, you know, Eagles practice the other week, you know, and just being at OTAs and everything, he just looks bigger. Like you can just tell he looks more NFL, you know, like more like an NFL player. So, yeah, it is disappointing because, you know, the Eagles have a pretty good offensive line. But on the right side, you know, Lane is over there and he's a really athletic run blocker and the Eagles love to run the ball. So, you know, that's a big loss. And then, you know, four games is, you know, what? That's, that's a quarter of the season. So... You know, you're just going to have to count on Alan Barbray or, you know, someone else 
back there to, to replace him, and, and they're not going to be as good. You know, they, they might be okay. Barbary seems to be okay from what we've seen of him in limited time, but, you know, they're just not going to be as good as Lane Johnson. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, too, because, the, the, you know, on paper, at least, the first four games aren't walkovers except for maybe uh, Houston uh, there in the beginning. Or, no, that's later, isn't it? San Francisco, San Francisco, game four. Oh, God. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's especially, and you got to go to the uh, to their house to go see him. Man, you know, it scared, it, it, it made me, uh, my stomach drop just a tiny bit. I'm not going to lie, but uh, I, you know, you look at the situation from last year and you think, oh my gosh, there's no way we can do this without Jeremy Macklin and all this other stuff. And that kind of turned around a little bit too. So again, this falls on the coaching staff and the GMs and scouts to say, hey, we know what we're doing. They extended Barbray for a reason. So, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to come out of all this stuff. Uh, the other nice little talking point that's been going around that's also been uh, everybody's kind of been fighting with everybody, which is interesting. Uh, it means two things to me. It's June. Uh, everyone's overreacting, and it's a boatload of fun. Uh, Pete Prisco uh, from CBS comes out, does his over-under for the entire league, overrated, underrated. He named Nick Foles as uh, underrated, and our good friend Jimmy Kemsky kind of took a little bit of an issue to that and uh, kind of fired back at him saying, you know, I don't understand what you're talking about. Nobody's really ca- calling Nick Foles a star. And uh, I think he even chirped at Mike Freeman today, <laughs> which was uh, always my favorite because I am not a big fan of Mike Freeman. But, um, you know, I don't think, he, to be honest with you, Brandon, I don't think Pete's saying anything that's outlandish. Um, I understand where it comes from. A lot of people react to that. I'm not the biggest fan of Pete. Uh, but he is telling the truth. I mean, I don't think anybody around the city is go an- anointing uh, you know, Nick Foles the star, and they're kind of waiting and seeing on this guy. Yeah, are you getting that kind of vibe too? And what's your reaction to all this stuff? Yeah, I don't think Prisco is way out of line. All he said is, "Let's slow the train down some." Okay, he did some good things last season, but you think he was a star already? It takes time. Let's see him do it again. Blah blah blah. I mean, some of that's a little silly. And as Jimmy pointed out, like what train? Like what hype train is really surrounding around Nick Foles? I don't really think there is one. Uh, you know, I think some people might overrate Nick Foles in, in the sense that, you know, you can't really call him an established top quarterback because he, he only has had the one season, and you do want to see more out of him. And I think that's what Prisco was getting at. But, uh, you know, it, it it is June, and, you know, we get into debates like this, overrated, underrated. You know, what does it all really mean? You know, all I want to see out of Nick Foles is another good year next year. You know, that's all I'm looking for. You know, I'm not I'm not worried if he's whatever, if he's the best or whatever. I just I want to see another good year. So at this point that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I mean I this is what I was telling Brandon off air too, and it's just it, it, it where the truth comes from, it, it it's just truth. And I think everybody for the most part is saying let's wait and see on Nick Foles. But uh, I know it's hard because Pete's one of those guys that just says stuff to say stuff. Uh, I don't, you know, I really don't think he means everything that he writes. Uh, Mike Freeman, however, does. So anything that you want to send his way is more, more, uh, you know, the more the merrier. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's the thing. The thing I take issue with is that Pete had Nick Foles saying that he would fail in Chip Kelly's system, and there's no way it would work. And he needs a mobile quarterback and all this other stuff. And now he's saying he's now it's an, he's overrated because he had success in the system that he didn't think that, you know, it was possible to do. So I understand where people's frustrations come from. But 
yeah, I mean, I, I'm a wait-and-see type of guy. I think I've already kind of anointed Nick Foles as the next guy. Uh, a superstar level, I don't think anybody has said he'd be a top-five quarterback this year. So uh, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see as this kind of pans out. I really do hope that everybody saved their uh, tweets for everybody that's going back and forth and saved these articles because it's always fun to go back and say you're wrong and gotcha and all that stuff. But um yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting and um brandon it is my duty to tell the audience that we were originally supposed to have this nice little breakdown of otas and players and everything and we had it in the can and we were all ready to go and for some reason my new apartment had a power surge i didn't save any of the episode that we did i thought it was nice and awesome and it got completely wiped out. So that is two of 38 podcasts that I have wiped out. It's not a, it's, it's creeping up to a, a bad average here, but. I and did, two of our best ones. Too. Know, That's the other I thing. Know. I, I still apologize to Shield Kapadia because he, uh, he is, uh, we got to get him back on soon before the season uh, comes out. That was, uh, I don't know, just a memory. This, the greatest podcast that never, it's just a tribute to the greatest podcast ever. Uh, but we, I did want to know. Basically, what did impress you the most throughout the rest of uh, mini camps? And uh, again, another big shout out to Connor Barwin for coming on our last episode and doing all that. The uh, concert raised hundred about one hundred and seventy thousand dollars to uh, the uh, park down at uh, Tasker there, so that's phenomenal. And anytime you want to come back on, that's great. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think we talked uh, big about uh, Darren Sproles, and despite uh, being him, uh, you know, thirty one, he still looked impressive to you. Yeah, Sproles look really good. Uh, no signs of aging, really, to me. You know, obviously, OTAs and minicamp where there isn't contact, you know, that's kind of made for a guy like him, especially because he's so quick and fast and, you know, no one can touch him. He can just run all over, you know, and he looks great. Uh, he looked really good. Uh, you have um, Nolan Carroll, who's competing for a starting cornerback job with, I would think, uh, Bradley Fletcher. You know, a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of people are – not the biggest fans of Kerry Williams, but some people do gravitate towards him. I think he's kind of polarizing here. But, you know, I think the Eagles view him higher than Fletcher. So I think Carroll is coming in here to, to challenge him for a spot. Also looks good on special teams when they're doing the uh, the punt gunning where, the, where, he, where he lines up as a gunner in the, the punt drills. And then you have uh, MoMA, everyone's favorite, you know, 6'8 wide receiver that came in training camp last year and just he couldn't even play football he's he's too slow he just he's just totally everyone's you know excited about him because he was tall and he's fast you know he runs like a fast 40 but that didn't really translate to the field because he, he couldn't get off the line of scrimmage he couldn't get away from contact and you know and the Eagles cut him I believe it was in the first round of cuts or so in the summer last year. So, you know, those are those are three guys, along with Nick Foles, who, you know, we were just talking about. You know, Nick Foles has obviously looked good, and that's that's important since he's coming into this year as the, the starter. Uh, a couple guys who haven't looked good, we'll switch gears here, uh, is is Matt Barkley and, and Mark Sanchez as the backups. Uh, Barkley, you know, he... Jimmy Kemsky, speaking of Jimmy again, too, here we go. <laughs> Jimmy's always causing trouble. He's, weeks, he's just what? always, you know, stirring stuff up, that guy. <laughs> no, Jimmy's great. But anyway, uh, yeah, Barkley has, you know, Jimmy said his, his arm strength isn't to where, you know, he would expect it to be or he would want it to be. And I kind of agree with that to an extent. You know, he doesn't look significantly improved. Uh, I do think he looks a little bit better. And I think he's maybe not as bad as some people think he is based on some of these 
notes from OTs and minicamp. But, uh, you know, if Nick Foles goes down, it's just between him and, and Sanchez at this point. Yeah. Uh, Barkley and Sanchez. It just doesn't look good. Yeah, that's. I mean, it, what was funny about that whole exchange between Barkley and Kemsky, and actually now that you're saying it in there, uh, you know, Matt Barkley was on Reddit. He came in and at our Eagles, which fantastic community. Love going there. Uh, you know, chimed in and said, there's no issue with my arm strength. And, you know, they went back and forth. Evan Mathis chimed in, and it was, I thought it was great. The funny thing is, like, right after that story happened, the next day, Matt Barkley, I think, signed up with some baseball coach to pitch. <laughs> Get, yeah, Tom about it. Yeah, with the arm strength and accuracy and all that other stuff. So it's just like, well, so, yeah, I guess you don't have to know an out route and you don't have to know what kind of defense it was running. Your arm strength could use a little peppering up and you know it too. So it's okay, you know. It, uh, But I, I agree with you, Brandon. I do think that... Barkley needs to take a step forward here, uh, despite arm issues or not. I don't really think that's going to be too much of a problem. Uh, I think we touched on it last time that, you know, even in the Giants game, despite the three interceptions you know, that he threw, uh, probably should have been four, uh, he was able to move the ball in some spots. So if you're comfortable for a year underneath this offense, I really like it if he were, you know, to kind of step forward and take it away from Mark Sanchez. That being said, either one of them uh, we're still not feeling too confident about, especially Mark Sanchez uh, and Nick Foles would probably have to have the cleanest jersey in the NFL going forward. Uh, what else did you check out? Any other uh, uh, dinks and dunks or news and notes that caught your eye, Brandon? Um, one, of the, one of the things that I, I can't believe I failed to mention was Jordan Matthews, you know, the, the Hall of Famer. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, that emerged out of out of uh, mini camps and OTAs. No, but seriously, uh, Matthews has looked good. Uh, he's, he's caught everything thrown his way. The only pass I saw him drop, I don't think it was a drop. I think Malcolm Jenkins like kind of, you know, swatted it out of his hands. So, I mean, but it's, it's just so clear how impressive he is both on and off the field, you know, during practice, he's running hard every play he's making plays. Uh, and then, you know, after practice is over, he speaks to the media. He stands there. He, he answers every question. You know, he, he's really well-spoken. He's just a really impressive person. And you can see why, you know, they, they drafted this guy. And they were so happy to draft this guy in the second round. You know, there were reports when they, they got Matthews that uh, at the Eagles facility, some of the beat reporters noted that, you know, like the Eagles staff was like high-fiving each other. And they were just so pumped up that they got this guy. And you can see why. Now, with that said, you know, I would I would hold off on these uh, these comparisons to Terrell Owens and everything because, you know, he is a rookie. Uh, he's coming in here. He's not even running with the ones for the most part yet. You know, Brad Smith or, you know, he's kind of working in there with Brad Smith in the, the slot uh, spot. So, I mean, we got to we got to keep the hype train there kind of a little bit tempered. But, you know, one thing that is, that is cool, you know, we, we just saw this week that uh, Matthews is going to be working out with Calvin Johnson and A.J. Green down in Atlanta. And that's going to be pretty cool. So, uh, you know, you factor stuff like that in between the fact that he um, he's also related to Jerry Rice. And you, know, you see this is just this is such an all around complete player. And the fact that he has a head, his head is on his shoulders straight. Uh, you know, he's talented. It's, he's not just a try-hard guy, but he he does really work hard. So it, it's going to be exciting to see Jordan Matthews. Yeah, that's one thing I noticed, too. And, again, you can work out with the best. It doesn't mean you're going to be the best. Uh, you know, I remember Jamar Chaney having, you know, working out with some of the best linebackers in the league, and that didn't work out so well. But uh, the, the, the thing that is important is 
he does definitely have a Jerry Rice work ethic because, I mean, from at least everything Brandon's been telling us here and everything you read every day about this guy when they were in OTAs and stuff like that. So it's really exciting. Um, I just hope the talent, you know, goes along with it. Obviously, I think it's there as well. It's it, I'm at the point where you have to, like, not explode with excitement with when it comes to Jordan Matthews because you're going to overhype him yourself. And I don't know. I just it's I'm dying to see this football team, Brandon, and it's different from it than when it was last year for me because it's it's another year. Uh, the Lane Johnson thing kind of hurts a little bit. It had you know, but um, I, it's a different type of excitement. And I want to know: Are you more excited to see it now? Or were you more excited uh, last year at this point? I think I'm definitely more excited now because I already know what they're capable of. And I always look back to that Chicago Bears game where they absolutely just, you know, destroyed the Bears, where I feel like that's like the best this team can be. Or like that's what this team should be in its peak. They should be doing that to opponents, you know. It's unrealistic to say every week because there's other good teams in the NFL too. But, you know, they should have more games like that where they're just totally just – the other team can't even – there's no answer. I, I think, you know, I'm looking forward to see that next step. You know, last year I, I was excited in the sense that, like, it, it's new. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'm here. I'm checking things out. I want to see what this is all about. But we didn't really know what to expect so much. So, you know, it's kind of it's kind of hard to get excited about a certain thing. This year, you know, I, I, you want to see them take that next step. So, And then you want to see them win the NFC East again. And then, you know, can they win the playoff game? You know, last year your expectations were a little less, so I would say it wasn't as exciting in that, that aspect until they overachieved, and then at that point you were there. You know, now you know or you think at least that they can be there. I want to see if they can do it again. Absolutely, and I'm, I'm right there with you. And, again, I've said this before in the past, but, you know, if this team steps back, I, I, I think the coaching staff is a little overrated. I think the talent might be a little overrated. And everybody, all the critics that had said, you know, it's a tougher schedule, it's a – you know tougher opponents then I might tend to believe that uh but I just at this point I don't right now because I have faith in the coaching staff I have faith in what they've kind of put together here for this team to also be better than they were last year so the schedule won't look as hard so man oh man uh, July can't get here fast enough because we are running out of things to talk about and our head is going crazy and we're writing articles and uh you know yelling things from uh, the top of the rooftops about how other people suck and that's just how June goes, and I love it. And it's a football country, and it, it never stops. But, um, you know, we've had the uh, the nice little settle-up of the uh, Sixers draft, Flyers draft, NHL, uh, you know, uh, free agency starts today, and we have the soccer match against Belgium to kind of tide us over. But Brandon Lee Gouton, any final thoughts as we're going out here? Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's true. Uh, just, there's nothing. <laughs> Uh, well, it's July. It's July time. Oh God, where is, that's right. It's, uh, I had to pay rent for the first time in New Jersey today. So See? that's right. I forgot about that. Well, I mean, you know, as stuff comes along here, we'll be gearing it up. Uh, there is a bunch of plans to uh, kind of get everybody together and give away some Eagles tickets for opening day. That'll be happening on the third preseason game uh, around August 20th or 21st. Like the uh, date escapes me right now, but we'll keep you updated on that. Plus some other programming that could be coming along shortly. Just stay tuned right here. You've been listening to BGN radio episode number 34. You've been listening to BGN radio right here on bleeding green nation.com. 